0: Yeah, so uh, we are continuing in week two of our Renew message series this week. Last week, we talked about waiting on God. And I told you a story about how my wife, Michelle, and I do Tough Mudder adventure races or obstacle course races and how God renewed my strength during one of them. And speaking of waiting... So we have a rule in Tough Mudder. I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, We have a rule in Tough Mudder that we start and finish together. We start and finish as a team. And so what that means is we wait for each other throughout the course. The course, is a 10 to 13-mile course, and and at some point we have to wait for one another. Um, We also – oh, and I've got a photo of that. So this is one of our teams from our 2017 event. And uh, you can see here, we finish together. We all go take a photo, a finisher photo together. And then, and then if you'll look at that other photo there, that's a pretty amazing photo. And uh, before I got kicked off of Facebook, I used to, I used to <laughs> proudly post that one, and several, several like it. Um, but during this, so we wait for each other during Tough Mudder, but we also, we help each other. We, we help each other through the course, sometimes literally carrying one another. This is, this is actually called the warrior carry. And my wife, Michelle, who is an amazing warrior, she's carrying 200 plus pounds of wet, muddy weight right there for like 100 yards. Um, and I just thought since it's Mother's Day, it would be a great opportunity to honor uh, the mother in our family, Michelle. But we encourage one another. We sometimes literally, literally carry one another. We Hold, uh, hold one another's hands. We're coaching our team through, encouraging uh, through moments of fear because as I mentioned last week, there's a lot, there are a lot of moments where we're fearful and we say things like, you've got this and, and you can do it and I'm with you. I'm right here. I've got you. And we're able to do that for each other because God did that for us First, right. Let's look again at God's word. We're going to be in Isaiah again today. We're going to be in chapter forty-one, verse ten, and verses ten and verse thirteen. And so, if you have your Bibles, go ahead uh, and turn there. I'll give you a moment to get to Isaiah forty-one, ten. Uh, the Bible app. You also um, can use our church app and tap the notes tab, and I'll also have it right up here on the screen for you. But follow along with me as I read in Isaiah 41:10 Fear not for I am with you be not dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand verse 13 For I the Lord your God hold your right hand It is I who say to you fear not I am the one who helps you. So our big idea today is this. It's renewal is on the other side of fear. So fear is universal, right? All of us deal with things that scare us. Last, uh, on Easter Sunday, I spoke about the number one thing that people fear. Y'all remember what that was? Is death. The number one thing that most people fear is death. But we all fear things, and we fear a lot of different things, all kinds of things. And we have all kinds of words that we like to use that really fear is, is at the core of, like worry, anxiety, or even concern. And you may be worrying about your children today, young or old. You may be concerned about a loved one who is sick. You may be wondering how you're going to live when you've lost a really close friend or family member. Somebody has, has died. And, and we can all be fearful about Things like our health and our finances. We can worry about all sorts of things, big or small. And I know this, that in order to face our fears and experience renewal, we've got to admit them. So last week I talked about awareness, and uh, we talked about how when we, when we become aware of God's presence in in nature, that we become more aware of him, him working in our lives and in our worlds, in our churches, and in our communities. You may have heard this phrase before, awareness is half the battle. Exactly. So when we become aware, we're, we're halfway there at least. But with our fears, we've got to own them. We've, we've got to acknowledge them. We have to face them, and we can't face them if we don't admit them, right? And it's also, it's okay for our kids to know that we too as parents and adults get scared because it gives us the opportunity to model where our hope and where our strength and our courage comes from. And so as we seek renewal and as we seek to be on the other side of our fear, I want to share with you some truths today from God's Word. And the first one Is this, and so if you're a note taker, write this down. God knows us intimately, fears and all. See, God knew we would struggle with fear, and He he cares about every fear that we face, and He made sure that He wrote about it often in His Word. I mentioned this at Easter too. In the Bible, we find commands all throughout Scripture and encouragements. To not be afraid, to take courage, fear not, uh, and more. Over 300 times, be strong and courageous. Over 300 times. It's the most often repeated phrase in Scripture. And God doesn't want us to be consumed by fear, and yet our fears don't surprise God in the least. See, we also need to realize this truth. That God is not disappointed in us when we have fear. Write that down. God is not disappointed in you when you're scared. No more than you are disappointed when one of your children is afraid. When Hannah and Luke, our kids, Hannah and Luke, when they were small, they loved movies about spiders. And now, as teenagers, they're scared of them. Hannah is terrified of flying, stinging insects like wasps and, and bees. Anyone else in here? Yeah. And admittedly, my dad response to her, fear of those flying insects, is not super great, <laughs> to, use, to use a euphemism. Um, yeah, I, I, I tend to minimize her fear. Whenever she's freaking out about a wasp flying around her, I tend to minimize her fear. And so God is still teaching me in this area. I still have stuff to learn in this area. And so another truth that I want to share with you today is this, that God is with us in our fear. So God's promise in Isaiah 41:10 tells us, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, he's with us when we're afraid. God has been with me when I've been afraid. He's been very patient with me when I've been afraid. And that's a really good example of how he wants me to be, how he wants me to listen to my daughter's fears and what she really needs is the assurance that I will be right there with her. My presence alone speaks volumes, not not what I say. I don't have to say anything to try to minimize the fear. I just need to be there like God is with me and with you. So my son Luke, he struggles with social anxiety, and I get it. Uh, It's actually a miracle that I'm standing up here in front of you right now and, and speaking, because I am a classic introvert. Um, it takes a lot of work for me to get up here and do this. However, I've been married to that beautiful woman, that tough woman that I showed you a moment ago. I've been married to her for over 20 years, and she is a classic extrovert. So I've had quite a bit of social training. But Michelle's response to Luke's fears of social anxiety, it's much more godly response. She is so good at being a mom. She's with him. She listens to him really well. She gently reassures him. She actually had him make a list of things that he is most scared of. And then she is guiding him. She's with him. She's supporting him as he faces those fears one at a time, it is, it is such a beautiful thing. I'm so proud of him, and I'm so proud of her. You see, God encourages us not to fear so that we will trust in his presence, that he is with us, and we can know that, that he is there, he's listening to us, and he's working on our behalf. And God tells us not to fear Because he goes through trials with us. He's there no matter what we're facing. And we need to dwell on God's truths and his character in his word. We need to keep looking up, like I talked about last week, having that vertical focus where we ask the question, where is God in this situation? Where do I see God? Where do I see God at work? And training my eyes to see God. And we need to teach this to our children. So another truth, this is a good one. They're all good, but this one's really good. God is ever-present. He is ever-present. Write that down. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3 says this, God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. That ever-present Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. As I try to better understand why God tells us not to be afraid, I I don't believe it's because what we are facing is easy. You see, God tells us in the world that we will have Trials—it It is an absolute certainty. In, In his word in John 16, verse 33, he says this. He says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Pretty plain. In the world you will have tribulation. Some translations say trials or sorrows or trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. I'm reminded of Peter. Peter believed he would never let Jesus down. He saw himself as brave and totally sold out for the Lord. And when Jesus told Peter in Matthew 26, 34 that Peter would deny him, Peter didn't believe him. He was like, no way, not me. Maybe someone else, but not me. And sadly, Peter found out Jesus was right. And when Peter heard the rooster crow, he says he wept bitterly, like ugly cried. But God did not leave Peter in his fear, did he? No, he was ever present. He actually cooked him breakfast. He cooked breakfast for him and had the most loving conversation with him. And he, he trusted him. He trusted him to feed his sheep. He trusted him with carrying the gospel message forward in the early church. Speaking of looking up and, and keeping the vertical focus, the enemy loves it when we're afraid, doesn't he? Satan will actually, he'll do anything to, to have us get our eyes off of the Savior. Remember, When Peter saw Jesus on the water and he wanted to get out of the boat and join him, and the weather was not super great when Peter made that decision, uh, but looking at Jesus, he decided to do it. He felt the water beneath his feet. He took his first step, he took his second step, and then he took his eyes off of Jesus. And you remember what happened then? He immediately began to sink immediately went down. And that's what happens to us, just like us, when we start letting the wind and the waves distract us and take our eyes off of Jesus. We allow them to hinder our faith. And you can read about that account of Peter in Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. It's important to note this, though. When Peter called out to God, Jesus did not minimize his fear did he he didn't, he didn't reprimand him he didn't shame him instead what did he do he immediately reached down and he helped him up out of his predicament just like he does for us and so here's another truth for you God holds our hand Do you hold your child's hand whenever you're crossing a busy street? What about when you're uh, in a busy, crowded place with a lot of people? Like, I don't know, the mall. Is the mall still a thing? Do we still go to the mall? Um, I don't go to the mall. Um, What about when we're in a dark, unfamiliar place? And why do we do that? Why do we, why do we hold our child tan when we're in those situations? Protection, yeah. It's, there's safety in it. Security. Let me ask you this. Have you ever learned how to roller skate? You know, the first time you put on a pair of skates? I mean, we're, no, we're used to being you know, having our feet firmly planted on the ground, but you put on a pair of skates... And if you don't... It's the first time and you don't know how to use the brakes that they put on the front of them. Or maybe you get the cheap skates and they don't have the brakes on the front of them. <laughs> and so, so, I mean, as soon as you put them on, it's like anything could happen. All the fear sets in about, I'm going to fall and bust my tail. I'm going to fall and bust... Or my head or my elbow. Or I mean, it is so easy to fall and bust something, break a bone. That fear is very real. I mean, but maybe you've taught your kid how to roller skate, and what do you do? You hold their hand, and as they're skating along, and they're going all over the place, and they slip and fall, and we pick them up, and their feet are completely off the ground, but we don't let them fall. And that's what God does with us. He holds our hand. In Isaiah 41 and verse 13, We read it earlier. I'll read it again. It says, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, Fear not, I am the one who helps you. Another passage in the Psalms that illustrates this, and it's in Psalm 73, verse 23, and the psalmist is writing this. He says, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. There's that fear of death. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. See, the psalmist is expressing fear in the beginning of this psalm. I didn't read that part, but he's expressing fear of not having enough and even some anger at others who have more than him. But he realizes, you know, he gets it straight. He realizes and recognizes who's got him, where his reassurance comes from. He's looking up. He's got that vertical focus a couple of passages I want to share with you that I often turn to for encouragement as we wrap up today. And that is this, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but one of power and love and self-control. God's not the originator of fear. It says right here, he did not give us a spirit of fear, but one of power 1 John 4, 18 says this. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So you may be in here today, you may be holding on to fear about something. You may be worrying about something. You may have anxiety about something. It happens to all of us. And if that's you, I just want to say this. God sees you. He knows you intimately. He is not disappointed in you. He's with you always, ever present. He's holding your hand. He's holding you in his hand. He cares for you and he loves you. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for the truth in your word that that says you see us, you know us, you're with us. You're not disappointed in us. I pray that that truth that just would permeate this room this morning, I pray that it would that it would just penetrate the hearts of each person in here, that they would be able to look up and see that you are right there with them. Whatever it is that they're going through, whatever it is that they're worried about or scared about, God, I just pray that they would feel your presence with them. I thank you so much for all of the moms in the room today, all the the stepmoms and... The moms who, are, who don't have children, but who are every bit as mom as the rest of the moms in the world, who are moms to somebody in some way, spiritual moms, you know who they are, God. I pray that they would feel your smile on them today. In Jesus' name.